expert in intelligence collection and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Agent Gascoigne was killed last night. Did you know him? Enough to say hello. He had an atomic bomb of information. Find out who's hunting our operatives and trust no one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rob and Shane. I'm Shane. I'm Robbie. And as always, we're brought to you by GimmicksInc.com. You can get a hold of us there. You can get a hold of us at GimmicksInc at gmail.com, facebook.com slash GimmicksInc. And we also have a fan page for this show, so you can just search for Real Talk with Rob and Shane. And... If you haven't heard from the last couple episodes, get over to YouTube.com if you have a Gmail account or something like that so you can subscribe so that I can tell you that we're coming from YouTube.com slash Gimmicks Inc. because we need those hundred to get that uh, <laughs> custom URL. So, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Like, I'm not too worried about it. but You kind of are. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, so... Funny thing, I've been listening, I, I made a joke last couple times we recorded that I don't listen to this show, and I started making certain that I do and going back and listen to it, and the, the last episode was kind of rough that I listened to. I just listened to the Valerian episode. You sure it was just the episode? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it just sounded so defeated at yeah. the end of it. Well, after, see, I didn't tell you after we uh, got done with that episode, mm -hmm. I came home and I watched Ghostbusters Answer the Call and Transformers, and any other terrible movie that we've seen before, just to get that one out of my mind. God. <laughs> I'm not doing this crap. <laughs> All right, well, other than busting my balls, what have you been up to? Um, Not much. Just figuring out how to set up this little makeshift studio we got going on since somebody decided to move. Yeah, we are now <laughs> coming to you uh, for the first time, not from... My living room floor. We are here uh, set up at the nice uh, Xanatos Studios. Yeah. So, I need to get you a big sign to go right there above the wall for that. Yeah, and that'll, that'll really benefit the podcast. Yeah, well, you know what? It's morale, man. <laughs> God. I'm going to do a bunch of jokes that require you see them. I'm just going to tap out now. Apparently, we just decided to just... Oh, man, I know, but we just decided to start going after me. Everything um, I say right up front. I have friends. Yes, I do. Love you, Shane. <laughs> terrible. But yeah, I moved. Um, so hopefully these will be a little bit more. We'll get into some more recording, get everything set up, do some stuff a little bit more frequently, which is pretty exciting. Get more content out there. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But we have made it to 10 episodes. Uh, that is. This is the 10th we have recorded. So, And I'd say, since we're waiting on another mic to do Dark Tower, this, I'm pretty certain this will probably be the 10th to go up. Yeah, it so. will. Yeah, we, we did Dark Tower, but we uh, want to go back and pull in a blast from the past and get uh, Jamie to join us from YouTube land on the Dark Tower episode because we need to... We need to talk. <laughs> need somebody else who's actually read the books with you. Yeah, because if we don't, it's just going to be me yelling at things. It's going to be a lot like the other episode, 
Except for instead of you really trying to defend it, you just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was kind of cool, like, just getting everything set up and, you know, making it 10 episodes, which we got to give a shout out to uh, Ryan Guy and Eric Crosby. Yes. Because asking them how to get our files hosted and all that stuff, it kind of helped us, which if you guys haven't heard of the, these guys, they uh, do the Turtle Soup show. Turtle Soup. And if you're a Turtles fan, you should be listening to that podcast. Yeah, you can grab their stuff on uh, iTunes at Turtle Soup or uh, go to TurtleSoupShow.com, their home of the internet. <laughs> uh, they started doing that. Uh-uh. Uh, oh, I haven't got there yet. Like, I'm where I'm playing catch up with them, too. Right. But they, one of their things is like, he, uh, they start off by saying, our home on the internet. Um, that's and cool. then they kind of mess up and start saying the home of the internet <laughs> and that becomes the thing so it's like the entire internet is launched from turtlesoupshow.com <laughs> but that's yeah a, that's, I, a, that's a lot of responsibility I know right people. <laughs> but yeah we definitely need to give them a shout out yeah, because I mean, I've stolen everything I can from them <laughs> well I'm just glad that we actually found a website that we needed to use, but, yeah. You know, yeah. Our hosting easier to host stuff. the files and stuff like that. So our hosting and stuff is definitely taken care of, and it seems like at least we're two months in, in our third month on this, and so far it's meeting all the things that we needed to meet. So yeah. I'm mm-hmm. very happy with it. Still like to get the um, home when they pay us. Little... I'll tell uh, the listeners where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to um, get the homepage set up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. What, That's gimmicksync.com you're talking yes. about. Yes, but <laughs> as far as, you know, this podcast, it has a good page. And mm-hmm. The one you and Derek have been doing on YouTube. Yep. We got it set up, so. Yeah, and you can get to the what he's talking about. If you go to gimmicksync.com, there's right now, right in the middle of it, there's two pictures. There's a, a Real Talk logo, and there's a Derek and Shane versus the World logo. And if you click the Real Talk logo, it'll take you straight to the show, uh, the show's landing page where... Rob's been throwing in some trailers, like the Planet of the Apes one has a couple trailers in it and uh, some pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah. good stuff there. Cool. All right, so now we've stopped glad-handing ourselves. <laughs> uh, you have a whole notebook full of things over there listed, so I'm yeah. going to let you drive this episode. Well, I just figured it'd be kind of nice to talk about some of the stuff that we've missed out on, because it's been... I can't remember when we actually, because I know we filmed, or we filmed, goodness gracious, we recorded a few episodes together, and my work schedule kind of got in the way of me editing everything properly. Yeah, well, not everybody can work two and a half weeks in one week. So, <laughs> not everybody should work that much. 48, that week was yeah, 48 hours of overtime. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous, but. Yeah, it's a lot ridiculous. It's about 48 hours ridiculous. You made a Nick Nolte movie in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I'll make a poster for that but it'll work you and that company ain't partners you ain't brothers and you ain't friends there we go <laughs> but I guess like I don't know like just trying to make notes of the stuff I'd seen you know gotcha. like throughout the weeks that I feel like I've been in prison getting paid as <laughs> I refer to it right, lay it on me brother well we talked about this one the other day with Netflix and Disney seeming to be yeah. wanting to part ways yeah which I don't know it, to kind of go on a Netflix kind of released the or Disney released the other day that they're going to start pulling their content from Netflix and they haven't gone in and said at least I haven't seen a lot of what that entails because there's a lot of Disney stuff on Netflix right here it says that it was the Disney Marvel and Lucasfilm stuff and apparently that contract is supposed to end at 2019 and Disney right. wants to go and make their own 
streaming service. Right. But it says right now, uh, currently Netflix is seeking to extend that deal. Right. But I just have a feeling if they're wanting to make their own streaming service, like they're just going to basically keep it in the road on Netflix until they have theirs up and going and then they'll pull it. I wouldn't even pull it. Like I would go ahead and have my own thing. If I were Disney, uh-huh. I would go ahead and have my own thing. But then also let Netflix pay me licensing. Yeah. To have my shows on their network as well. So basically you're getting two revenue streams. Yeah. And which is what I would do. I mean, if we're getting to that point too where everything's going to have a streaming service. That's what I'm afraid of. Cuz I mean, we're going to I mean, that's why we a lot of people went away from cable. Yeah. Because you know, you you're paying for a bunch it. of stuff you don't want. Yeah, and you can get what you know, Hulu, Netflix, yeah. whichever one you wanted. Granted, there's things exclusive to each one, right? But still, if if you have a couple streaming services, you're still cheaper, coming out cheaper than cable. Yeah, but my problem is going to be like, how far are we away from there being ten to fifteen streaming services that all cost yeah. ten dollars a piece? And now I'm back to paying one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. And then what happens when there's a company that comes in and says, you know what? What if you pay us one low price <laughs> and I'll put all that stuff together for you in one app? I don't know, like they could call themselves a netcast or <laughs> you know, comnet or you know, something along those lines. I mean you're gonna have a cable company that just bundles all that stuff together under a little bit cheaper rate. And That's then, true. Like that's what's gonna happen. And they're starting to push down a lot of the net neutrality stuff. That stuff's getting kicked out. So, not only that, now we're killing off net neutrality, so you're going to get, soon your uh, cable bill is going to pop up and say, oh, well, you want to watch Netflix and YouTube. Well, that's $20 more a month on your cable bill. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, we're going to allow you to do that. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. It seems like, I don't know, did did Vince McMahon start this? Oh, God. (laughs) It seems like once he's like, you know what, I'm going to make my own network. It seems like everybody's wanting to do a specific driven network. Well, it's just one of those things. That, I mean, it, if you've got a lot of content, mm-hmm. and that's what, like, from a Disney standpoint, this is a great idea if you're Disney. Yeah. Why are you letting Netflix make all the money when you can make all the money? Because Disney's used to making all the money. Right. So they're like, why aren't we making more of the money? And instead of just getting a licensing deal, they can get all of it. And as you've got like, so now you've got DC, you know, that's one of the things we talk DC yeah, comics is going to come out yeah. with their own app. Forgot about that one. Well, you know that all that stuff is going to be on there. Um, all of the CW shows, all of their stuff is going to be on there. Plus they're coming up with new shows because Titans is going to be on that network. Right. So, You've got that. Well, then you're going to have all these other companies be like, well, you know, Warner Brothers, Universal. They're all going to be like, we've got all the content. Why don't we just take all the money? So from those points of views, it's a really good idea for Mm -hmm. the company. For the consumer, it sucks. Yeah, because it sounds like we may may be getting aggravated soon. Because, I mean, in something like you mentioned, WWE, like WWE Network works fine because it's like they've got... So much content. Mm-hmm. You know, they have basically, WWE pretty much owns all the wrestling for the last 50 years in America. Yeah. They own almost all of it. Anything that's not Ring of Honor or TNA or other little independent promotions that have come up, they own most of it. Yeah. 
So, with the, I think like maybe Memphis is their holdout because those rights are split halfway between Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. So, that makes sense for them because it's like, why not? You know, nobody else. It's not like Netflix is going to run Memphis wrestling from the 1970s or world class from the 1980s, you know. So, that stuff makes sense. Hulu's not going to pick that up. Something like WWE Network works fine. Yeah. Because it's a niche market. I think the DC Comics stuff, in some ways, works that way if it wasn't for the fact that now you know all that stuff's going to be pulled off of... Netflix. And the problem is going to be, like, one of the things that I see, how long is it before CW doesn't even air the shows? Yeah, that's Because that's what's happening with the Star Wars, or the Star Trek show. Yeah, that's true. It's debuting on CBS, Mm -hmm. but then the only way you can watch it is on the CBS app. That's that's a good point. I Unless didn't... you're anywhere but America and you can watch it on Netflix. I didn't think about that because that's why I'm so behind this year is because I wasn't able to follow it on Hulu because mm-hmm. the whole thing was, you know, they go to Netflix like yep. a week after they wrap. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's We're in a best of times, worst of times, yeah. Charles Dickinson or Charles Dickens uh, type era here as far as that because it's like we've got more for somebody like us especially that's into more niche products. We've got outlets catering directly to us. You know, if I had the WWE network when I was 15 years old, Mm -hmm. I'd have never left my house. (laughs) Like I'd have never kissed a girl (laughs) because I would have stayed in my house watching WWE network all the time. I'm glad that showed up when I was 30 and married, you know, in my (laughs) thirties and married, but it's just one of those things where it's like, it's a great time for that stuff mm-hmm. because the content we want is being made directly for us now, but it's going to start getting harder and harder to get this content or you're jumping through more hoops to get this content. Right. When we were moving from cable to this more simplistic idea, mm-hmm. well now, yeah, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have 50 channels to watch. I'm going to have 50 apps I have to yeah cycle through so that's yeah that's it's gonna be interesting see how everything yeah the you know just everything's gonna be constantly changing but yeah it's like i don't know maybe netflix will just focus on their own shows maybe i guarantee you netflix is within five it wouldn't shock me if within five years netflix has no deals with major companies Mm -hmm. netflix is just within five years netflix is original content wouldn't surprise me like Maybe just anything like they can get the rights for cheap just yeah. to show for a while and rotate their movies out. See, one of like the big that. deals, though, is one of the biggest things that Netflix has going for them as far as original content is Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Like Marvel and, um, you know, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. They said that ever since Rogue One has been on there. Like, I think it's a Civil War and Rogue, uh, Rogue One mm-hmm. were the ones that were watched the most. Yeah. And I mean, apparently, the. Uh, I think it was maybe Iron Fist did like ridiculous numbers. Yeah, Iron Fist or Luke Cage well, did like ridiculous. Broke Netflix. That was it. it was yeah, Luke Cage. And then they were ready for Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and it actually did do better numbers. But Luke Cage flat out broke it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, hopefully it works in our favor. And like I said, hopefully the net neutrality stuff doesn't come back to bite us all in the ass. <laughs> but that's a whole other soapbox. <laughs> and I guess the other thing I saw, which uh, I've been a fan of this show for ever, mm-hmm. and I've been trying to get you to watch it since I've known you. But have you heard the big thing about Supernatural this season? 
No. Okay, well, they're going into the 13th season, which is crazy to think about. That's nuts to think that a show's been around for that long. Yeah, because what was it? Smallville was... Smallville was 10. 10. And, and, yeah. Two and a half of those seasons were good. <laughs> like, I do remember liking the first two seasons really well. Yeah, those were the good seasons. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, so anyway, this is going into its 13th episode, or 13th season. Right. And what's really funny is... We've seen these crossovers happening for a while now. They are doing a Scooby-Doo Supernatural crossover what? this season. Yeah. And I guess since Warner Brothers owns... WWE and John Cena weren't <laughs> around anymore for them to solve mysteries they, with. They've tapped that market too much, man. I was like, come on. You don't need Undertaker or Scooby-Doo more than two times. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, but I'd argue we needed it a few less than that. But yeah, like it's it's pretty funny because yeah, they're doing a episode. And see, I thought it was going to be a supernatural Scooby Doo movie, like we've been seeing, like the WWE. the WWE and the Jetsons and stuff like that. No, this is flat out an episode in the season. It's going to be a Scooby Doo supernatural episode, animated, or are they going to go it's... get Matthew Lillard and <laughs> Freddie Prince no. Jr. And apparently, it says parts of the show are animated and parts are live action, and all the voice work has been done. So I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be fully animated or are we going to get some Who Framed Roger Rabbit stuff going on? Like, I don't <laughs> well, know what's happening. this is a world, isn't it? What little bit I know about this world. This is a world where they can jump into television shows. Well, see, that's, the whole thing was, like, this is this is the only way that I, I see this happening is what you're talking about because there's an, I can't remember which season it was, but there's an episode named Charlie who was played by Felicia Day. Uh-huh. And... Something happens. I can't exactly remember how it got started, but Sam finds a computer, and there's a demon in the. They think it's a spirit in the computer. Gotcha. Not a ghost in the machine, but a spirit in the computer. <laughs> and uh, they free it, and they find out. You know, they they think this demon's crazy or the spirit's crazy because it's talking like it's the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay. No, it was straight. Oh no, no, it was, it was talking like it was Dorothy. Oh okay. You find out. That there was this whole big deal with like, um, I can't even remember exactly how it worked out, but like basically, yeah, what you're saying is like spirits could be contained in books, computers, TVs, things like that. And like our world could perceive these as stories. Oh, okay. So like the whole deal of like, um, you know, Wizard of Oz, like Oz, all that was actually a place that they could go to. So Felicia Day, you know, she didn't feel like she felt didn't fit into this world so she actually went to this place to like go on one of these like geeky magical adventures in oz oh interesting so i'm wondering if that comes back into play and they're like hey sammy what tv show you want to go to <laughs> like i just don't know but right yeah i was like i guess with 13 seasons or 13 uh seasons behind them yeah now it's <laughs> they like can do whatever they want yeah because you said like the way you explained this show to me like basically every idea that this dude originally had has kind of been tapped out and like like yeah, he's made it through all the story arcs that he's wanted to yeah the much. show uh, started as uh he'd written the uh first story arc, story arc is three seasons right never never intended to go past three seasons so we've got 10 more than what he originally planned <laughs> So, so yeah just make everything but it's funny i'm waiting on the supernatural john cena episode <laughs> Well, The Miz was in an episode. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> was it terrible? 
Yeah. Was it awesome? No, it involved the Miz. It's <laughs> terrible. But um, no, it's funny too because like I've always thought because they always keep pitching an idea of a. Uh, it's not Warner Brothers. It's just the the guys and Stephen Emil. Uh huh. They're buddies because they film everything on the same lot. Oh yeah. Like they're just you know they always constantly running into each other and they've actually written an episode of an Arrow and a Supernatural crossover. Oh shoot. And they always keep trying to get it to do them, uh, get them to do it. And I'm always wondering if they're going to use this back door and like Sammy and Dean go into the comics. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I was like, that would be kind of. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Like I was sitting there reading, it and I was like, this is going to be interesting. So we'll have to. I have to show you that episode when it <laughs> comes out. That is, yeah. I'm interested to see how they pull that off. But I need to show you the uh, Ghostbusters episodes too. There's Ghostbusters episode oh, of Supernatural. Cool. So much so that two characters are actually called Vankman and Spangler. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> but that's a, that's the only other, uh, you know, weird story that I saw. But it's kind of funny because, you know, we were talking about um, Valerian mm-hmm. being the whole gimmick of everybody wanting to see it in 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see where IMAX is cutting back on 3D showings? Uh-uh. Yeah. Said that... Um, the guy, the uh, CEO of IMAX, said that like their second quarter earnings, like they just went through and they started looking at everything. Right. And all the 3D screenings this year have just dramatically dropped over the years. But huh. this year was like the big, like the biggest example that he saw. Mm-hmm. And that what they used to track it was Dunkirk, because Christopher Nolan will not film in 3D. Right. And every uh, showing of Dunkirk. That was on IMAX, mm-hmm. like just made money, right? So, well, he pushed really big for it, especially because like Nolan's. It was almost like Tarantino did with Hateful Eight, where Nolan was saying like he filmed it for IMAX seventy millimeter. Mm-hmm. So that was the big thing they were really pushing. If you want to see IMAX, like that's the way to see it, and then just filter down through various IMAX screen sizes in varying qualities. Uh, and to you know is that's the preferred ways to see yeah but it said that um apparently they're just gonna they're not totally they, they're not going to get rid of 3d but said as far as like an imax showing right we might actually be able to go see comic book movies now without 3d and imax That'd be which nice. that would be nice for us because it was funny because they even talked about it like in in the article i read uh-huh. it said that a lot of uh people like active movie goers that go like more than once on a blue moon. Right. Like us. They said that they pretty much considered it sensory overload. <laughs> See, like, mine that's... isn't never, I just, to me, one of my big things with 3d, the biggest thing is the price. Uh, huh. and so it's wallet overload. <laughs> yeah. So the price and it's very hard to find a 3d theater that is actually showing the movie the way it should be. Yeah. Almost every 3D movie I've been to in the last few years, it's way too dim. They With 3D, especially because you're wearing the gimmick glasses, you're supposed to up the brightness to compensate for the dimness of the glasses. Mm-hmm. Well, not only do they not do that, it actually, in the last few movies we've seen, and we've seen the last few movies in two separate movie theaters... It seems like the movie theaters are way, like the screens are way too dim uh-huh. anymore to me. So you're not getting that experience that you're supposed to be getting out of it anyway. Yeah. And then to me, it's not big of a deal. Like I saw, um, we saw Guardians normally. Right. 
And then I saw Guardians in 3D uh-huh. when I was in Miami. I can't tell you that there was any difference in seeing them. <laughs> the only difference for me is it's a lot more comfortable seeing them in 2D. Well, I, that's... I hate fighting with yeah, the 3D glasses. Because we both wear glasses. Yeah. So we have to wear the Clark Kent's over top of <laughs> our regular glasses. Yo, dog, I heard you like to be Clark Kent. So you... <laughs> yeah. Here's glasses while your glasses. So. <laughs> but, um... Well, Cameron is saying that by the time that Jim Cameron's about saying by the time the Avatar movie's coming out, his next leap is glassless 3D. Yeah, we talked about that in one of our episodes a while back. So if that comes out, like IMAX may be changing their tune until Jim, Cam- you know, now until Jim Cameron comes back out and they do everything that Jim Cameron wants. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did say that, um, you know, Dunkirk was the one that they kind of. It mm-hmm. kind of made them realize what was going on. And I guess the next example is going to be Blade Runner because it's not, it's 2D IMAX only. Right. So. Well, I, we IMAX has been a fad, or not IMAX, 3D has been a fad. Mm-hmm. It was a fad when it came out, you know, 50 years ago. Right. It's a, it was a fad when it came out 10 years ago. You know, so it's, I don't know. I mean, 3D TVs have pretty much died. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just done. The movies are eventually going to follow the suit because it's it's too much. Like, it's not, not even, like I said, the century of it. It's just it's stupid. I don't... Yeah. I've seen a movie that I thought benefited from 3D. Yeah, that's like, what, Doctor Strange? I know we had fun with that one. Okay, two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I never saw Avatar, so, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. But, yeah, that's, like, the only interesting thing that... I've been kind of keeping track of here lately. Gotcha. A few little things that I'd read here and there, but at least we got to make it to the movie finally on a Tuesday. We hadn't done yeah, that in a while. Yeah. It's funny because going back, it's like, yeah, we always go to the movies on Tuesday. It's like, we hadn't been to the movies on Tuesday in like two months. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we went um went this last Tuesday. Nice Regal $6 uh, show, which unfortunately, since I've ordered tickets through Fandango, always means that it's actually seven fifty. <laughs> Man, that's one thing I miss about uh, not having an AMC theater around here. AMC, if you're part of their gimmick club, uh-huh. which you do have to pay for theirs. It's like $10 a year, $15 a year, something like that. Right. But um, theirs is, they knock the fees off for Fandango. Okay. So you just pay regular price. So I like that a little bit better. But, you know, you can't complain too much. Seven fifty for a movie versus... Forty nine ninety five or whatever regular <laughs> price movies are nowadays. I think I paid when with Fandango fees when we went to Dark Tower and I bought four tickets. It was flat fifty bucks. Ooh. So, like that's ridiculous, right? But that makes sense. Not jumping over that, but like when they're talking about, and I know the plan was I don't know if it's still happening, but when Justice League comes out, they were saying that's going to be one that you're going to be able to watch on video on demand at home. Mm-hmm. when the movie comes out and it's going to cost like $50 to watch it on demand. Well, yeah, if I've got a family of four that wants to go to the movies, that's a good price. Yeah. You know, me sitting at home by myself wanting to watch Justice League is not worth $50. I'll go see it right. You know, for 10 But yeah, if I'm a family of four, you know, that was just to get us in the door. Mm-hmm. Much less if you wanted something to drink or something to eat because... Americans can't go 
two hours without stuffing our faces with something. <laughs> it is kind of like, if you think about it, that's one of the most ridiculous arguments when people talk about oh, food and drink. And it's like, go two hours without it. Yeah. But then I'm at the snack bar every time we go to but Don't the go see Lord of the Rings without it. We're not asking for a miracle. No, I mean, like, <laughs> there's a reason they have an expression, pack a lunch when something's going to take a while, you know. <laughs> yeah. Go buy lunch whenever you're watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but we did, we went and seen uh, or saw um, Atomic Blonde. So... I tell you right now, Rob is going to be way more upbeat about this than the last episode. <laughs> so, I've been letting you drive so far. Keep on going, man. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, finally, this is this was one that, I think, was it from the same people who did, um, it wasn't from the same people who did Baby Driver, was it? Or was it? No, that's Edgar Wright. It was. Okay, I couldn't remember. But yeah, I was like, I just knew that, that was one of the ones we saw the trailer for, and then, um... It was kind of cool because, you know, it was, they did the classic uh, Suicide Squad thing where they made the trailer, you know, go beat for beat with well, what yeah, was happening on the that's screen. That's becoming a big thing in movie trailers now. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like we saw the preview for it and I was like, oh my God, John Wick would marry this woman. Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. Since I saw the preview it's for jo- it. It's Joan Wick. <laughs> Joan Wick. Atomic John. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god it's a crossover you never knew you wanted until now <laughs> but um yeah like it was, it was uh just like valerian i didn't know it was a comic book yeah it seems like it's one that i keep i kept hearing about but i always forgot every yeah. time i heard it yeah i was like i was telling um a friend tim i was like yeah hey man me and shane's gonna go see atomic blonde he's like well i need to read the graphic novel before i go see that again it was the same thing i was like it's a graphic novel? <laughs> like, I had no idea, you know, anything other than, hey, this looks like a fun movie. Yeah. So, I saw the, you know, saw the preview, saw the cast. I was like, we're seeing that. Gotcha. And then I think I remember when they showed the trailer. I had already seen it. We were, I can't remember what we were seeing because, you know, we go to the movies all the time. But I was like, it started up and I was like, have you seen this? And you're like, no. I was like, oh yeah, you got to watch this. Yeah, because I kept hearing the name of the movie, seeing it on Reddit or something like that. And I just never... It's one of those things, like, I'll see the name for something, and then it'll go, like, three or four days, and then finally I'll see whatever the trailer was, mm. and kind of pick up from there. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. Like like I said, I saw the cast, I saw um, John Goodman was in it. Right. And I was like, I don't know why, but I've, like, fallen in love with John Goodman all over again. It's like, it seems like this dude is, like, just in all these, like, really good movies here lately. Yeah, he was in that movie last time. No, his voice was. And that was a voice of regret. <laughs> but no, like, uh, ever since Red State, that's what sold me again on John Goodman. Gotcha. I was like, I don't know, it just seems like everything he's in, I'm just, I love it. Right. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was, just, it was nice to see a fun movie again, Shane. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'll go as far as right now. Like, I'm not 100% over the moon with the movie. Right. There was a lot of it. There were times that I was like, I was kind of waiting on something to happen. Like, I kind of was expecting John Wick. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a bad thing at the end of the day. Like, it's, it is what it is. It takes its time. It sets up its world. Mm -hmm. It's really good at that. There were times I was like, eh, maybe 
maybe another fight scene over here. Like, throw me something a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it did have a really good cast. Um, my problem with spy movies is sometimes it's really hard to keep track of yeah who's who's who and who's with this side and who's with that side. Especially when most of the movie is tracking down this double agent. Mm. Like... She's got her own point, like, it's this side plot to the movie, but she's tracking down this double agent, Satchel. Right. And anytime you get into double agents and triple agents and stuff like that, it always, that's one of those things where you're like, you gotta watch it really close and Uh try to, you know, is it this person, is it that person, you know. Right. And the whole, um, it's a list of spies that might get out. That, we, I've seen that movie at least five yeah, times. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's that's kind of a uh, a go to for a spy movie anymore. Yeah. It seems like. like oh, they're gonna burn all of our agents because I think um, one of the Bond movies did that. Yeah, I like can't all remember. the double O agents, the names. It was one of the more recent ones too, yeah. wasn't it? Which is funny because it's not like James Bond has ever hidden the fact that like James Bond is the worst spy on the planet. <laughs> Because he just straight up is like, yeah, I'm James Bond. Whatever. <laughs> Want to fight about it? <laughs> it's one of those things that when you watch Archer, you realize like they're not making fun of Bond too hard. Uh-huh. It's more of a legit representation than we think it is. Yeah, I was like, you know, I've never seen Archer. What? Yeah. Uh, it's a good show. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was like, I don't know, I just, there was times in that movie when I was like, you know, I would get lost, but it wasn't like I needed a, uh... Yeah. But I don't <laughs> care how fast he is, Flash is not getting out of this Walmart without waiting in line for three other lanes to open. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, we're watching, uh, we got the trailers on in the background, and it's the, where Walmart is doing, uh, the Justice League as their back to school thing. And Flash is just busting around, like, helping these kids out. And I was like, I've been to Walmart, man. Like, <laughs> like we're in a county that Walmart is literally the fun thing to do. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, no, man, you're, you're going to wait on them to open three more lanes. <laughs> but. <laughs> this uh, trailer just totally sidetracked us. Yeah, I mean, you just got Batman randomly walking around college campus, which that's cool. <laughs> Wonder Woman's in the lunchroom. I guess. So we're doing a commercial for Walmart's commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that they have Superman in there when Superman has been in none of the marketing for Justice League. I don't know if you saw Shane, but he died in the last movie. <laughs> Pull a Jason Momoa. <laughs> was he in the commercial? <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the Atomic Blonde yeah, part of the podcast. Yeah, back to the actual show that we're doing. <laughs> but um, yeah, there was there was parts of that movie where I was kind of like, okay, so what's happening? Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I get like movies that jump around, like Pulp mm. Fiction and stuff like that. But it seems like they would do that sometimes and then go back into like, like the regular timetable. Right. Did you catch that? Yeah. So like. Yeah, there was a few times, like, you know, I was like, what's kind of going down? And, like, you know, it starts up with the whole interrogation, stuff yeah. like that. So she's kind of telling the story again, which 
Which that, I liked as a framing device. Yeah. Because it allows you to kind of interject. That's been used a lot. Kind of reminded me of uh, Usual Suspects. Mm, yeah. So, like, where he's telling the whole story kind of deal, but... I don't know. I had fun with it. Was the one it... thing I thought was really interesting, it's... wondering what you think. It seemed to me, like, they... At the very beginning of the movie, they make a big point of her and the agent that dies right at the beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. Is it Joaquin Phoenix? Sure looks like Joaquin Phoenix. It might be, honestly. I, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. But, there, like, the whole gimmick is, like I said, there's this list of all the uh, MI6 agents and this KGB agent kills this MI6 agent at the beginning of it and steals the list. It's in a Rolex or a watch. And then they make a point because you see her immediately after you've seen the shot in the trailer where it's like, did you know him? And you know, she's got like pictures of him and like it shows them in bed together. So you're like, no, there was a relationship here. And then they never bring that up again. And it feels, it felt to me after a while that they made more of a deal of his friendship with James McAvoy. Uh Uh-huh. Then they did her relationship with this agent. I wonder if it's one of those things that's got like a prequel comic that goes into the movie. Like how they did it with Man of Steel. Right. I wonder if it's something like that or... Well, that ain't maybe the comic that it's based yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. But, um... But that, I thought that was weird. It's not a nitpick or anything. I just, I noticed that kind of in my thinking about it. Just being like, man, they do kind of pick more about this later. One thing I will give it, like you had mentioned that it seemed like they had paid a lot of attention to Daredevil as oh, far as yeah. their fight scenes. This movie has some brutal fight scenes. Yeah, and it was like, it did seem like, I'm, it'd be hard for me to figure out if it wasn't, but it, it's, I swear it seemed like it was done in one shot. A lot of them, it did have that, like, we're just going to let the camera sit here on a fight. Yeah, it's like, like he said, he pulled everybody on set. He's like, you guys see Daredevil? Let's do that. <laughs> Especially that last, like, the fight scene in the hotel, or the abandoned building, like the apartment building or whatever it was. Yeah, and that's like the uh, one... In the third act of the movie. It seemed like they held off on blood until that one, and it was like, Yeah, you then know it what? just went nuts. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and use all the blood. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I, I liked her. I liked... Um, yeah, she did really good in it. Um, I like John Goodman's character. That said, was she supposed to be British in this movie? I mean, she's an MI6 agent. Yeah. Didn't have a British accent. Like, didn't even try. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but... I But, yeah. just I'm saying that idea, like, through the movie we're presented that she's a British agent. Right. Or at least she's working for MI6. Right. Everybody else we've been given that works for MI6 has a British accent. Mm-hmm. Except for her. And I was like, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Because I was trying to figure out, because at the beginning, John Goodman is from the CIA. Right. And he's sitting in on the uh, interrogation or the debriefing. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was throwing me. I was like, well, is she with the CIA? Is she with this? So that was one of those that kind of made me pay attention to it and have to watch it and figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she was, the cast was really good now. I like James McAvoy and kind of his sleazy, <laughs> like douchebag, gone native in Berlin character. <laughs> Um, I liked it being set during the final days of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
like in that nice Cold War tension, like that was really cool. And setting it there, you get a lot of that like new wave European late 80s music in the soundtrack. Yeah, dude. And I love that too because a lot, even some of the soundtrack where it had that slowed down jazz remix mm-hmm. of like so many popular songs, they do add a lot on the flash. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was just like, this is cool. Like, what was it? The girl who played in The Mummy? She mm-hmm. was in it. She was really good in this, I thought. Like, yeah. You actually got to see her do Act. something other yeah, than and scream. Yeah, not just snarl and, and scream at the... Break buildings with her voice. That's what happened in that movie, right? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> something like that. I mean, it's it was called The Mummy, but she was in no way the star of that movie or the focal point or... <laughs> She's not part of Mummy Avengers. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, they killed her off. She can't be part of the yeah, Mummy Avengers. Because James McAvoy, you know, or he's, you said he was kind of a sleazy douchebag. Mm-hmm. Didn't he turn into a dick when he stopped taking his medicine in uh, Days of Future Past or one of those X-Men movies? Well, I think it was just that middle movie. He was just a, like Professor X was just a douchebag. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's what he turned into when he stopped taking it totally. <laughs> But yeah, it was. I don't know. I liked. I like seeing him in something other than X Men. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I really like James McAvoy. But, so yeah, seeing him like be able to do that and kind of play a different type of character than you've seen him play for a while, like, yeah, I dug it. Like uh, I'm looking at the list here, and I don't really recognize like there's a lot of people in that movie where you're like, hey, I've seen them in something. I have no idea. Who yeah. It is. And, like, I'm sitting here looking it up, and I literally can't tell you, like, half the stuff that some of these people's been in, so, <laughs> yeah. What got me is I was watching, uh, I've seen that trailer so many times, and I've liked that trailer and the way that they play the music. Whenever yeah. the music cues were not right in the movie. They're playing a different song when you're it seeing It kind of aggravated me, because yeah. I'm used to, like, when James McAvoy walks up to her and introduces himself, I'm used to that Depeche Mode song, and... <laughs> yeah. Like some of that uh, version they remix it with with that Kanye song when she's fighting in the with the rope. Mm. And it's like, like that scene was almost like no music in that fight scene. It's just the normal sounds of the fight. Yeah. So it's like, man, <laughs> I just love though that since <laughs> I had such a terrible experience last time. <laughs> With them starting with a David Bowie song, and then this movie ended with a David Bowie song. Yeah. I was like, I just laughed. I was like, apology kind of accepted, Hollywood. <laughs> you know, I always like whenever under pressure uh, yeah. gets worked into a movie. That being said, because it gets, it seems like under pressure has been used a lot recently. Mm-hmm. I want to see somebody slip in a Ice Ice Baby just one time in this <laughs> thing where you're not expecting it. Yeah, <laughs> I still remember there was one time I was like I think I was working, I can't remember where I was working, but somebody, we were listening to that, and somebody was like, oh man, they totally screwed up Ice Ice Baby, and I'm like, y- you need to leave, Yeah, <laughs> you need to walk away. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you even know what this is? <laughs> it's like, get away from me, man, I got shit to say to you right now. Yeah, that's just terrible. It's like, no, no. <laughs> I hope you never said another word to that person. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I like the like the look of the movie. It's got this really cool like the way we're kind of conditioned to see that world. Like I'm certain there were bright sunny days in yeah. East and West Berlin back in the day. But if you think about it, any t- it's almost any time we see Berlin during that time mm-hmm. is that dark gray overcast, like just nothing good's happening. Yeah. It's like, it's always rainy. Yeah. It's always damp. Kind of remind me of, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Snatch. Yeah. Kind of remind well, me of Well, I think that's that. because that's actually what London is like. <laughs> that's why Wonder Woman was so unimpressed. <laughs> But, uh, like, and I like the way that they used the color to offset a lot of that. Like, one thing the shot always went back to her hotel room that she's in. I don't see how she saw to do anything. Yeah. It dude, looked like the darkest room there's ever been. Her room was in the middle of GC, GTA Vice City. But, had the, <laughs> yeah, exactly, had the blue neon. So much so that I kept wondering what the hell was wrong with her television. Oh yeah, you caught that too. Where it was like, but it was the, the lights from the ceiling yeah. reflecting in her television. But I like how they done that. I like when they go to the nightclub, and she meets the like meets up with the French operative. Mm-hmm. That, the way that's pulled off and stuff like that, like giggity, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the giggity. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, that was always nice too. <laughs> that scene, yeah. yeah. But just the way some of that stuff worked out, like I thought that the movie, like it looks great, like the just the aesthetics of it, mm-hmm. looks so cool. And I was really happy to see how they kind of played with that. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. it like I said, it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't John Wick, but it was fun. I really right. like it. Like maybe it's just getting back into seeing a different movie, seeing it on a Tuesday, all the other all normal yeah. stuff that we do. It's kind of like everything's falling into place. So. And it follows along with, like, we keep mentioning John Wick, but I think it's, I do like that it seems like because of that, we're getting into a world where hitmen and government agents and stuff, like, they act like they're supposed to in their fight scenes. Yeah. Like, that movie did not have bullets flying everywhere fight scenes. Again, it was shots mattered, and the fight scenes yeah, were, like, deliberate and stuff like that. So... I'm really liking that and the fact that they're pulling back. And that's why I think I really like those single shot fight scenes now. They're not really close up in your face to where you can't tell what in the world's going on in these fight scenes. Mm. I remember that being one of my big, even going into, like, I remember the first time I saw it was Batman Begins. Where they're right in on the fight scene with him in uh, Chinese prison. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I can't tell what's going on in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, now, there for a while, it's like all the fight scenes were shot like Raw is shot now. You know, <laughs> like shaky cam and real close to the action and we're going to zoom out. And... It's like a, Sherlock Holmes is like that also. Yeah. So, I like that we're kind of getting to, back to the movies where it's like, no, we're going to actually let you see the action that's happening in this movie. And appreciate what's going into these fight scenes and how they're playing out kind of makes you wonder if uh in the next bond movie if they're going to step up their game like will it totally look different will it act different yeah. play different i mean because like you said if john wick is changing the game yeah how does and bond, bond play is like, in that world yeah bond is like you know the end all be all yeah you know he, he's not gonna live in a world where people are gonna be like john wick's a more badass than 
James Bond. So. Well, they already, like, the Daniel Craig Bonds are an answer to the Bourne movies. Yeah. Because you had Jason Bourne, you know, that first Bourne movie, he beats somebody up with a phone book. Yeah. You know, or like a rolled up newspaper or something like that. Like, and those real close, like gritty, hard hitting fight scenes are what um, Casino Royale had to answer to. Mm. So yeah, like, granted, I think Spectre came out after John Wick. Uh-huh. I got to look at that, but I think it I did. think you're right. But now, John Wick, when that movie came out, was not what John Wick is now. Yeah. Like, that first one, it kind of gained that cult status, uh-huh. and then the second one came out, and it made everything bigger. Like, the modern movie-going audience knows what John Wick is now. Right. So, yeah, how does Bond react to this type of fight scene movie universe now? Mm-hmm. So, it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. And, like you said, like they spent a lot of time, you know, building the world in mm-hmm. Atomic Blonde. I'm sure we'll probably get a sequel if it's based oh, on... Oh, yeah. If this movie makes money, we'll definitely get a sequel. So, that'll be cool. Like, yeah. seeing her come back. And, and that's the cool thing, thing about... We were talking a little bit about it in the Comic-Con episode with Wonder Woman, but it's like, by setting that movie in the past, they can play with that movie however they want. Yeah, that's true. You know? That we saw her in Berlin, well, they can take her back even further into that, into Russia, into like a lot of that other stuff, and they can play with that world any way they want now. Yeah. I mean, if you got another franchise and you want to run with it and can run with it, do it. Yeah. Because, and that's the other thing, too, is like, you know, you have Wonder Woman, which is cool because you have, you know, that strong female lead character. Mm-hmm. Just get some more out there. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Like, you've got. You know, like I said, I kind of hate to keep comparing it, but that's the closest comparison I make. Like, for the male-driven testosterone fantasy that is John Wick, Uh you've got the exact same thing on the other side of the fence. And not even that to where it's like, oh, well, you have to be a woman to look. And it's like, no, we, like, I thought she was awesome Mm -hmm. in this movie. And that's, you're getting into that, like, not, you know, Star Wars, last couple Star Wars movies have been the strong female lead. Uh Uh-huh. Now I like that we're getting in. It's like, no, we're going to go into movies where it's like, we've got a strong female lead and she's going to like kick ass and kill everybody. Like, I'm very interested to see what they do with the remake or with the new Tomb Raider. Yeah. Coming out. Oh my God. If it plays like the game, that's going to be yeah. so brutal. Because those games, like I remember thinking, I was like, you know, you play the first couple Tomb Raider games on old PlayStation. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, this is fun and blah, blah, blah. It's like lighthearted. Mm. not a single thing lighthearted about that right. Tomb Raider game, that, the first new one that came out a couple years ago. Kind of makes you forget about the old ones. You're just it like, no, nah, I'm good. We don't need to go back to those. We'll just play these new ones. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I'll, the, whatever they do for the third one, I would like it to go back to the big, grandiose, exploring tombs. Yeah. I would kind of like to see a Tomb Raider game that went and played more, or felt more like Uncharted. Gotcha. Because to me, Uncharted is what those old Tomb Raider games felt like. Uh-huh. And now this one's like the darker and grittier thing. I kind of just want to play Uncharted with the bow. <laughs> is what I'm after at this point. <laughs> Not the bow from uh, Last of Us. No. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what it is. I don't want Naughty Dog to try to implement bow thing. Because that, that was so bad. Yeah. 
and I love Last of Us. That is literally the only bad thing I can say about Last of Us yep. is the bow mechanics were terrible. Because if you were you like me, did you play Last of Us after you played Tomb Raider? Oh yeah, yeah. So see, that's that's by the time I get a bow, too. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna stealth kill everything in this world. <laughs> nope. And then you go to do it the first time, you're like. Wait, why is there an arc? What is... It's like I'm not going to kill anything anywhere in no, any world. Ever. You know what? I'm doing better just stabbing it with the screwdriver <laughs> or the scalpel that I made. Like, <laughs> Funny thing is, Last of Us is, I guess, what got me ready for Fallout. Because I've never, like, went looking for all the scrap and junk in a game like I did with Last of Us. Oh, okay. So I was like, I have to have everything in this to, like, make shivs and stuff like that. And then I play Fallout 4 for the first time, and I'm like, I'm taking everything. (laughs) Speaking of Fallout, that's always one of those, like, I know you can never do a movie for Fallout. It'd be damn near hard to do it. But I'd love to see a TV show based in that world. Well, I think, well, I mean... They're doing web shows and stuff based in the Fallout. Yeah, like world. so. Yeah. I like you cannot adapt a story from Fallout. Mm-hmm. It's too big, right? I think there's no problem with making something in the Fallout world, mm-hmm. and even referencing stuff that happens in the game, right? But yeah, I don't want to see them. Like, I actually wouldn't want to see them. Just do a oh well we're gonna tell the story yeah of yeah no nah, but not anything like that but do you know, do like the uh, give me like a, the introduction with Ron Perlman doing his classic yeah. war never changes like just have it tell the story of the bombs falling and then just go into a TV show or a movie yeah like, I think a TV show would work better but yeah I think a I think an anthology style TV show would work yeah where. Every season, kind of like how... Um, American History, yes. American Horror Story. Yes. Um, so that you could do almost a new season in the different games. That'd be pretty cool. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to do season one in New Vegas. We're going to do season two in uh, the Capital Wasteland. We're going to do season three in Boston. Like, kind of play around with that. Like, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Just... Give me Nick Valentine. Because that'd be <laughs> that, cool. That they could just a do whole... a CG Nick Valentine. Screw that, man. Just uh, just do him as the show. Yeah, the, like the the past adventures of I Nick Valentine. It. Like Nick Valentine's my favorite video game character ever. Yeah, I actually like forged a friendship with Nick Valentine <laughs> in my game. Like, yeah, I remember when we were playing that. At the same time, you were all like mad because I got to like. The highest level of friendship with him before you did. And you're like, oh, I want to get there. <laughs> well, so it was like when I went back and started replaying it a little bit and getting, um, going into Far Harbor. Like I had started just rolling by myself. Like I finished the game just by myself. Yeah. And I felt so excited to go back into Diamond City and get Nick Valentine. Yeah, because didn't I tell you? I was like, make sure you take Nick mm-hmm. when you go. Well, the DLC is completely built to play my playthrough mm-hmm. of Fallout 3, or Fallout 4. The Automaton is a Silver Shroud-oriented mission. Right. Um, Far Harbor is Nick Valentine. That's how I played my game as the Silver Shroud with Nick Valentine as my Cato buddy. Yep. 
Like the only thing, the only drawback I had to that is I wish I could have put the goggles on Nick Valentine <laughs> so that he could have been wearing the mask like I was. That's such a good, such a good, like, not, well, I know a lot of people have issues with the overall story, but right. I just love all those little side missions with him. I love like, just Just playing the game with them, like those characters, like with Nick and Piper. Yeah. I just love it. Other thing, Fallout 4 was my introduction into the world. So it's like, I know a lot of people, especially online, like they crap on it uh-huh. hard. Like it's almost like Fallout 4 is like the redheaded stepchild of the Fallout universe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't get it. I know it's like, it forces you down certain paths, but it's still it's still a great game. Yeah, I think one of the reasons a lot of people didn't like it is they're like, there's no way to be evil in Fallout 4. And I'm like, do you always have to be? It's like, don't get me wrong. I understand the point of those role-playing games is you should be able to play them any way you want. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I can't be evil in Uncharted. <laughs> you know, I can't be evil in Super Mario Brothers. So... You know, why do I have to be given the choice to be one thing? And, and I'm certain anybody that likes Fallout that's listening to this is unsubscribing right now. <laughs> but that being said, Fallout 4 was my first intro into Fallout. So. Yeah. But you have to go back and play the other ones. You'll enjoy them. Yeah, so. I've been... Like, I've been... I've played them, so I don't get the, I don't get the hate for Fallout 4. Right. I mean, it's, it's its own animal, and it's fun. So... Well, some of the stuff that I know is in the old ones would actually aggravate me if they were in the new ones. Like the weapon degradation. Yeah. I probably would have stopped playing Fallout oh, 4 yeah. if There's I had to repair my weapons all the time. So, I don't know. Like, people just like to complain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a internet show where we do... We don't do as much complaining as... There's I some feel like... people out there that complain about one movie for a whole episode. Like, I don't know why somebody would do something like that. But... <laughs> I do feel in some ways we are one of the more positive <laughs> like movie-related things on the internet. We try to be. <laughs> we try to be. <laughs> so. but, yeah, we, we don't ever go in with the intention to hate anything. That's for sure. No. I Hell, we went to see Ghostbusters with an open mind. Yeah. And... We really, and well, we launched a pretty good hate campaign on that movie before it came out, at least. It's like we kind of I know there's quite a few memes floating around the internet that we created. And, you know, we go back and forth on that one still to this day. Yeah. Eh, it is what it is. But (laughs) But back to, I'm closing up on that because we got into Fallout casts (laughs) there for a minute. But uh, Atomic Blonde, absolutely recommended. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of action movies, if you like spy movies, you like that stuff, like it was a really fun movie. Um, like I said, I'm not jumping up and down over it. I give it a definite solid BB plus. Yeah, go download the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack was amazing. I kind of want to pick it up. So, got anything else before we head out? Uh, I think that's it, bud. All right. Well, for this episode, I've been Shane. I've been Robbie. And we will see you at the movies. Pizza, pizza, pizza. God, I think I love you. That's too bad. Reach out, touch